It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Yeah, after the amount of times I've botched the word Louisville on stage, like people, my parents just started buying me Louisville because I said, what's up, Louisville? And they all kind of boo. I literally got like a crowd laughing at me. It's like almost like if the longer you've lived there, it doesn't even become a word. Consequence Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series, presented by WFPK and WFPK.org, Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here to check out the series. You know what to do, like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists. And discovers the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcast, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Jax. We're going to be talking about her latest single called uh, Cinderella Snapped and the big year she really has in front of her. Uh, we'll discuss the runaway success of her single Victoria's Secret, uh, becoming a star on TikTok. And, uh, and what are mental health and, and songs with real meaning have meant uh, with all of this? Uh, Jax is going to go on to tell us about her love of pop punk and guitar-driven music, uh, as well as the upcoming tour with Big Time Rush and Max. And I'll be asking, is this all leading to an album? All that and more. Let's talk Cinderella Snapped. It's Kyle Meredith with Jax. Hi, that was really cool. <laughs> you have that down. <laughs> I mean, repetition is the key, you know. Yeah. Seven hundred episodes later, and uh, it's I can say it. In sleep. I do say it in my sleep, probably. It's. I need to learn that part, and just that's how I introduce myself in a room with no contacts. <laughs> uh, I think you're. Uh, I think people in most rooms probably know who you are these days, and I mean that as a as a big compliment because what you're doing is. So impressive, uh, not just, of course, with what's happening online, but the music that you're putting out. I've been such a fan of hearing these songs. 
And congratulations on the uh, accolades as well. What am I seeing here? Samsung Galaxy Launchpad Artists. You got the iHeart nomination. I mean, congrats. Thank you. That is like this week. So we're, uh, that's all finally come to fruition. I've been talking with Samsung for a minute um, and I'm officially like moving over to a Samsung phone and I'm excited because the camera's insane. Um, and I, that's, <laughs> I'm basically just a camera robot for my life. So I'm like, <laughs> this is a great office. Um, and yeah, no, the iHeart awards, this is my second iHeart nomination. Um, the the first one I didn't think could be topped. And now it's like, I looked at the past nominees for this specific award and category and I'm like, holy crap, holy crap, this is really happening. <laughs> Um, no pressure, right? No, no pressure. And it's like, I always feel like, okay, finally I get to a place of like, I got, I, I did yoga, did a little meditation. And then my mom's like, okay, dad and I are flying out. I'm like, oh God, I'm like, I had to do the Costco thing yesterday. <laughs> you getting prepared. Yeah. Oh, you got, I, um, yeah. I, nice. you know how, like when your parents come over to your place and it's like, you want to make sure you did all the right things and make sure that they're comfortable. And then they walk in. And I don't know if you've seen those TikToks where it's like walking in for like revenge for my kids growing up and they have like the Cheeto dust and they're wiping it on the couch and the wrappers and like (laughs) the shoes, they're just throwing all their clothes over the floor. Like they live for coming over here no matter what. (laughs) I mean, nothing gets our house cleaner than somebody's coming over in like 10 minutes. Like, oh my gosh. Like we could spend all day cleaning the house or we can do it in 10 minutes. Like we figured out and it's the same job, right? Yep. 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 I have a Roomba for that now. (laughs) (laughs) Does it all. all. No, but uh, more onto you. Uh, Seriously, (laughs) because, right. But I mean that, like, everything has sounded great. Um, The newest single, you know, I'll start there, Cinderella Snapped. Fun song, great message. You know, and I I don't want to put words in your mouth. Where did this one come from? Because I know it's got a great backstory to it. Yeah, yeah. I had a, the, the light bulb, like the surface level version of it is that, like, we had found an old, um, book back from back in the 2000s that my Nana had scribbled out of my old Cinderella book. And she like crossed out the part she disagreed with because she was just like the OG CEO feminist in my life. And um, then I was like, oh my God, this would be such a fun way to rewrite the princesses if I did it in just a cheesy pop punky anthem uh, style song. And I, I had a lot of fun with it in the studio. And I wanted to incorporate like little bits of things I've gone through and, and I like to do that kind of thing satirically. Um, I never get like overly emotional about it. I love the puns. So, uh, my therapist told me I need to start like just expressing emotion and stop making dad jokes about my trauma. <laughs> I think definitely like to do songs in dad joke form. Um, but this one was fun. I think by the time it gets to the bridge, I was going through something that week. Um, on a business side of things where I was feeling really degraded and really just like defeated in my work and things I was standing for, you know, and it's always the whole, like, Oh, I think you're being too emotional. You know, relax. You might be being too emotional. And I wanted to throw that in there as if Prince Charming was on trial saying that to Cinderella once the castle was burning down and all the princesses were like owning all of their passions and just doing their thing. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with this song. It came from a lot of different places. I was fortunate enough, I think. And I think a lot of women that I know that I grew up with, especially in New York and in Brooklyn, you have these like very badass women figures in your life. And I don't know if everybody has that. And And I'm lucky enough that I had like a mom and a grandma and an aunt and a couple of cousins and people in my life and friends that are always like, you know, 
encouraged me to take the road less traveled on a corporate front and to own my own business and do what I love. So it wasn't an easy fight for my mom growing up with all the, you know, in the PTA meetings being like, oh yeah, my, my daughter wants to go on warp tour, you know, <laughs> and they're like, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> but she was always that in my life. And I wanted to, I wanted to write a song, especially for women's history month around that time. So I'm excited. I'm excited. A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. I didn't expect Victoria's Secret to do what it did. So I felt like it just turned into this whole, like, what's the follow-up? And I'm so used to just everything's a follow-up every day. Cause I'm just ADD on the app posting songs if I feel like it. And uh, this felt like a little more pressure this time. So fingers crossed, hopefully people like it. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O-Allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Jax. When, when I listen to your songs, you can write a love song. Anybody can write a love song, and, and there's nothing against those. You know, it's the most popular thing to write about uh, in the history yeah. of pop music, of popular music. Right. But... But when I listen to your songs, like, it seems like you don't waste the chance. They mean something. 
Like oh, these songs yeah. mean something. Well, maybe they, to me saying, anyway. <laughs> well, still, but they, they do. And and whether you're not, you're thinking about your platform. I know it goes on, Victoria. So that, that was a great example. Uh, and Cinderella does the same thing. I mean, even the 90s kids to a certain point, you know, has those moments yeah. in there. And where does that, where does that come from? Maybe you were talking about that already, but, but again, like these don't seem like just your basic surface songs. Well, first of all, thank you. And also there is like uh, in my world, there is even a space for surface songs as I like them, right? Like that's, I like that kind of music listening to it. Things that don't make you have to think too hard about what the lyrics are saying. Um, I grew up writing songs, not just for myself, but for other people. So when I came out to LA, that's how I paid my bills. So you'd write like two songs a day, six to seven days a week, sometimes depending on if like someone calls you and being like, this is a big opportunity. Don't miss it. Right. You go through a full burnout, recycling ideas, not making any money and then maybe one sticks. Right. And, and, and it's like still your baby, even though it's not like meant to come from your brain, it's meant to come from the artist's brain. Right. Um, and for the first time in my life, like people are actually caring about what I'm doing, what I like to do for my artist stuff. Right. Like I spent so much time, you know, obsessing over how to make the right songs for other artists. Right. And the reason I was told my whole life, what I was doing wasn't working was because it was like too, too tongue in cheek or too overthought, too, too many puns, too many dad jokes, this and that. And it's like, that's my style of lyrics. That's my style of conversation. When I talk to people, it's like the way, those are the things that make me happy. And TikTok was the first time I got validation in things I was like, were my biggest insecurities essentially as a, as a writer. Like I had all these songs collecting dust on a Dropbox that I was proud of. And all the industry side were like, it's not like, it's not sexy enough. It's not, it's not mysterious enough. Like, no, no, this is like way too much to think about. Or like there are way too many words, right? Too written was, a, it was a critique I got a lot. Right. And it start you start to believe it. And then that sucks because when you believe it, you think, oh, too written is what I love. So that's a bummer. I have to lose that. I have to lose a part of what I love in order to, you know, make money in this business. And for the first time I get to actually, people don't want to hear anything but stories from me, which is like, holy shit, that's so cool. So I don't know if I can say that. That's so cool as a writer after all these years, I get to actually like storytell the way I want to and people care about the stories. And I'm like, holy, this is like, this is the miracle of the whole thing. So I'm, I'm beyond grateful for whatever the matrix is that is this app and the love and support I've gotten from people that want to hear stories in, in pop songs. Um, so yeah, I do squeeze it all in like that. Like the love song I wanted to write was not necessarily about my fiance and I, cause I love our love story, but it was about my favorite love story, which is my parents. And you know, when you write that kind of thing, you're like, well, I know I connect with it. So fingers crossed if other people do, it's the way it always ends in the session. Right. And, um, I was so grateful for that one that people really connected with my own, my personal parents' romance, you know? So it's, a, it's been a very, very cool year. Tell Dylan that his songs are too written. Tell tell Michael Stipe that R.E.M. songs are <laughs> too written. You know, it's, well, it's just like, you know, it's what I'm getting to is, is just like, that's, there's so much about the critique of other people and, yeah. and, 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 and sometimes their heart's in the right place about it, you know, and everybody's mm -hmm. trying to do their job. But, uh, you know, I, and I'm not one that people come to advice for for a lot, but every now and then, you know, you get that person's like, oh, I'm trying to get into the business. What's your advice? And my my usual advice is no one's going to help you, really. You know, no one's trying to help you. It's not far off. 
they'll help you eventually when it's like when they see that there's something in it and it's not as hard as what you're doing, right? You're like, okay, they've already laid the groundwork and I can kind of hop on board here. That's in any field, by the way, that's why my team happens to be so small. It's like a team of three. So like, and it puts a lot of work on me because, but at the end of the day, I only bring on folks that have been in it with me at the lowest. Right. So, and that really still believed in it when it was at the lowest in my career. Um, but yeah, I definitely like, there are two sides to it, right. The way I see it, cause I've had a hard time even in therapy throughout the years, having my family and my parents so involved, you know, throughout the years, having done this since I was a little kid and playing shows since I was a kid, you had so many parents and, and like people and mentors, you know, and artist development and producers and things like that. All the, we need to talk about an industry plant. That's kind of like what it feels like and what we try to like fight away from because they're like, I don't want, I don't know who I am anymore. You lose your sense of self, but in the, in the world of critique, I've kind of come to terms with it in a way where I can make it work for my business, right? So, because I think people don't realize when you have all of a sudden a huge audience and there's like millions of people watching, right? They, no matter what you say or do, like you put yourself in the public eye or you put yourself out there on the internet, you open the door for critique. If you're lucky, the critique is going to come from the right demographic and the right audience and the people that actually care about your music and what you're doing. If you're unlucky, it'll come from just like trolls on the internet, right? Either way, you take it for what it's worth. So like, I'm like, okay, if a 14 year old girl commented on my video and was like, I don't think, I don't like how your voice sounds in this song. I'm like, that is a major note for me. Right. So that's like, cause I think like a lot of 14 year old girls have been buying my music, have been subscribing to it. And I'm like that critique to me, is more important sometimes than a 45 year old male A&R being like, I don't like your voice on this. Right. So like, that's, that's the way I see it. But then again, when a 45 year old A&R who's broken a lot of songs and made a lot of hits, they have a, a, a writing critique or a, or a strategy critique on like, okay, if you want to put this song out, then maybe you shoot for, you balance it out with a love song here. And maybe this bridge can be added here. It's like, that's there for what they're worth. They're on the technical side of things. You know, I get that in the studio. Then you get my mom and dad, you know, and they're like, why would you talk about yourself like that? You know, that sounds kind of slutty or something, you know, like, like things that a, a dad would be like, he would never say slutty, but like, he'd be like, you know, phased by like things that I write about, you know, love and sex and whatever it is. And it's, I'll take that for what that's worth. Right. That's the dads that listen to my music, you know, <laughs> like it's all going to come from you know, it's all a matter of how, how hard you hold on to it. But, um, I think for the first time in my whole life, my, my whopping 27 years on this planet, um, I'll say that like, I've gotten to a point where it's just a little compartment, like, and then the rest is just what I feel, what my gut's telling me to do. And then I have the side of the little critique compartments where I'm like, okay, I can incorporate this and I could take this note and I could turn it into this, you know? It's a hard thing, though, for any creative. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Jax. It's hard to be able to hear what people say to you and not taking it personal in, in any way, you know, or, or too close, like, because not knowing where they're coming from that day, they could be, you know, one of the greatest minds of all time, but you don't know where it's coming from that day. So at a certain point, it's got to be about your guts. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I think like, I realized very quickly, especially when things started working and I, and it, and it was like, okay, crunch time, you got to 
block all the noise out, keep dropping content, you know, like work. And I think people don't realize in the creative space that a, you don't just wake up and all these ideas come. Right. So it, it really, so much of it depends on like where you are that day, but my mental health is so not only is it the most important thing, like all the gooey stuff aside, you're like, yes, protect your heart and your soul and your mind and live, laugh, love and whatever. But truly like if anybody's so overhearing that, like I am right. Cause I'm like a workaholic nonstop. Right. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it from my dad. I don't want to hear it from my fiance. I don't want to hear it from my manager. They're good people. They love me. They care, but that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear like, how can I apply my mental health to my work? You know? And I realized that when I, when I do spiral and I do put too much weight and emphasis on like everybody's thoughts around me, I can't wake up and work. Like I can't be in the right headspace and that magical place you get into when you like create something cool, you know? So I have to, for business sake, that's how I keep reminding myself. That's what works for me where I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm not taking a mental health day because I need it for my mental health. I'm taking a mental health day because if I don't, none of us are going to make money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like We're all going to like, none of us are going to be able to make a career out of this. I can't wake up every day feeling like shit. So I have to get into a place where I feel good enough to make everybody money. <laughs> and when you got people depending on you too. I mean, but it's, you know, yes. and, and for us to be you know, the live, laugh, love. I, I joke about that too, because, you know, I'm, I live sort of in the South uh, or Midwest, wherever you put us, but you know, that's, that's Bless a your heart. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, the plaque on my aunt's, uh, all my aunt's walls, you know, it's like, it yeah. doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, it's no. almost it's, its own joke, but at the same time, we do live in a world where mental health is taken into account more than ever in my life. Yeah. You know, and, and exactly. right. And for that to not only be a part of your day, to affect your business, but then it does get into the the songwriting. And I think that's what I bring it back to when I listen to your music and it all means something, you know, you know, how much of that, how much of that is on your minds when you think now that you have this audience, you have people paying attention to you, as you said, they want to hear the story, you know, and, and you can, you can affect change in a way some people can't. Like how much of that goes into, I guess what I'm also saying is how much do you think about social media and that platform when you're writing a song? It's a great question. I get that question a lot. Like I, I and I, and I'd be lying to you if I was like, I don't think about it at all. <laughs> I just do it and it works. Like, no, there, of course, of course, there's like, there's a part of my brain that like, as a user, I'm always thinking like, what is ahead? Like, what are, what is like the overall energy of the world right now, you know, and moving forward, not before. Right. So I'm like, in order to be successful on one platform, you have to like, know it and learn it and understand the language and understand that you're like, never going to be the best on it. Right. Just learn from it. Right. So I like, I, I study TikTok as a user, you know, I'm on the app and I'm same with all social media, YouTube and, and Instagram, but primarily TikTok because it's such a new beast. And I feel so old on the app that I am, um, I study the way people talk to each other and what people are on the app for, you know, like do they want to disconnect. Do they want to reconnect? Do they need something? Do they need less? You know, I don't know. Since the pandemic, who knows? It's just entertainment. But um, I think like when I go into the studio, I have so much fun in like the parody, stupid content type of stuff. Like that makes my brain just like get excited and and laugh. Right. And I, I like to incorporate that energy even if it's super sad, like that type of writing style into my work. And I figured, well, we had some stuff 
people, there are millions of people watching. I begged for that. I've prayed for people to care about my work my whole life. And now it's here in my sleep. I literally got up to pee. I opened my phone and it was like, bleh, right? And I'm like, okay, what do I do now as a, a songwriter? Like, do I keep doing what they just blew me up for, which is a stupid Stacey's mom parody? Or do I put some original music out and risk losing all of it because they didn't come back for that, right? And I took the risk and that was the like most incredible feeling I think of the social media journey for me was that first time I posted a song that was my own work and people still cared in the way that they cared about the parodies. And I was like, oh my gosh. So now it's my job to make sure they see that all those things about me as a person that they liked in the parodies and in the songs that they come out in my original work. So I'm in the studio, I'll write a, you know, Cinderella Snapped is a prime example of that. So like my generation, when we hear that somebody snapped, we go, oh, we're getting ready for, for Thanksgiving dinner and my mom just snapped, right? You think she has had it up to here. <laughs> she is like, she's just finally snapped after building up all of this angst, right? And then in the TikTok generation, snapped means like, oh shit, she snapped. Like she went off, she popped off, right? Which is both of the meanings I wanted in the song, in the term Cinderella snap. So I got really excited in the studio. I was like, oh my God, look, like this is going to be how I feel as a female in the workplace. Like I have officially snapped in like borderline my imposter syndrome and how much I've been gaslit so for so long as a girl in this business that I am about to snap psychologically, right? But also if I could take that and turn it into something good, that's, she popped off and she snapped. Right. So I, I wanted both of those things. I wanted both of those feelings and that's a cool lyric moment. So it's things like that where I can incorporate both worlds and do it to the best of my ability without watering down the true feeling of the song. You know, I'm interested how the rest of the, you know, I mean, this is all leading to an album. Is that right? If you say so. <laughs> Maybe. Right. I yeah, mean, I hope so. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's that... at record label. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of that, you know, especially for any artist these days. I mean, you know, this is an age old question. I, I say age old over the last decade or so at this point, but it's like, yeah. it's like, do you have to have the album? Do you just continue the songs or whatever? But, but it feels so like, thematic isn't the right word cohesive maybe uh is a better you know as as i'm hearing these singles like these feel like they go together these, they these feel yeah like a oh, piece of work thank you i'm jotting that down in my brain that was one of the like little things i'm like okay do they feel cohesive because that's a, always a concern but a weird one it's a standard you know it's an industry standard where it's like okay how do we like try to quantify the brains of all the public right and we're like oh yeah here's our board meeting and our PowerPoint. Yes, this will only be the one sound for you because this is what they want to hear from you. But to be honest with you, I have to remember that, again, I've written all the genres. Like the only things I haven't really written are like like reggae or um, I haven't written any opera. Like you know, like there, are, I've, I like all the genres. I love music, popular music, right? So I, um, I have a hard time every time I write a song, is it like, is it a single? Is it the album? But I did, I will say after all the songs, I have narrowed it down to like 12 to 15 that I think could really work for one specific body of work and mark of an era in my life. Um, and I, I'd love to put it out. 
I think that's, I hope you know, I can. <laughs> right. And, and that's sort of what it's about, right? Marking yeah. that era. And I think you can, I mean, I think there are plenty of great albums out there that's, you know, have so many different sounds, but still yeah. feel cohesive, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, some I call of it favorite... dad pop for me. <laughs> right. It's just pop. It's just straight up pop. Whether there's like early 2000s emo inspiration that I like, or it's just a piano ballad, it's still a pop ballad. It's all pop. It's all pop. It's all 808s. It's barely any real instruments happening. You know, <laughs> like it's that this is, I love it, pop. I'm never going to shy away from it. So if it's a pop album, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. You you do the guitar driven songs really well. And of course that's, that's coming that's from, real. yeah. Speaking where I'm coming from, you know, my, where, where my boxes are being checked and everything Yay! because, you know, especially <laughs> these last couple singles, I mean, that feels right in that pocket. Uh, and, and you're already you know mentioning that where that comes from some you I've been picking up on that to early 2000s you know and yeah I feel like that's been in my world lately as I've had like you know you and me at six on this show and all these great you know uh, yeah various uh, bands of the era that you know hearing that come back around in the past five years has been so much fun I'm so <laughs> happy the second like even post Malone, like the second MGK post Malone Halsey, that's all started to take Black Bear, take that shift. I was like, oh my God, they're doing it. People still care. Gen Z's all confused, but I'm sure I'm sure they'll still like it. Like I'm like our inner emo, like Spencer's <laughs> gifts, rainbow studded. I would what I would give <laughs> to go back to that era of time where like it was never a phase mom never understood me era of my life i really loved that era so. <laughs> for hot topic actually felt new and different in spencer's hey. oh i got a lot of trouble in spencer's actually with stuff i wasn't supposed to <laughs> me too me too yep i had this i think we were in the same section of the store <laughs> uh -huh. sure uh but but you know for for you is i don't know is that you know, you're talking about you can write in all the genres and you and you do. But is does that feel like the sweet spot? I mean, are are you, you know, as we're hearing in these two songs, is that a direction right now? I th I think it's where it's natural. It's natural for me because um, typically when we write these songs, a lot of times they just start on a, like a shell of a song on a piano, and we have different production passes of like what is the right vibe, and my brain always leans towards like more pop punk guitars and like. You know the vibe, the four chords that, that we've been using for for generations now. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I, I would love it. I like how that feels when I play live. So, you know, that's just a gut feeling. It just depends, I guess, on what people want to hear. The Ramones were onto something that uh, is still <sighs> working today. So they were. I still have a jar of Marky Ramones pasta sauce. I don't know if that's like a thing people know about, but I like still have a jar of that in my house. <laughs> my my son, he's uh he's he's a teenager now, he's 15, and he and he came in and asked for a Ramon's box set last night. And my heart You're melted. Like, I'm so. so proud. I am the best dad. Oh my god, we did it. Like I did it right. <laughs> I was questioning it and now I know. I'm like, <laughs> it's like yes, yes, smart kid. <laughs> and yes, I'll spend that money. Uh speaking of live, I want to hit that real quick. Um, you got the tour coming up, uh, mm -hmm. big time rush, Max. Mm -hmm. I've actually had them both on the series. I had a great time talking to them. Yes. Um, do, is this something you get put on? Do you, do you know these folks? I know Max. Oh, I, I do know. At this point, I know Big Time Rush. I've hung with them a few times. They did a few dates on the Jingle Ball tour, and I knew Kendall prior because of Max. So we have we actually had talked about doing a tour or something together um, at a barbecue at Max's house with his baby and our friends. And 
Yeah. That's so that's really cool. when those kind of things come to fruition. Um, and it doesn't feel so corporate. So I'm like really excited. I'm just really excited to be on the road with Max and his baby <laughs> and his wife, his lovely wife. And they're like, I just love them so much. So, and a bus, the bus, I, not, not the van, not the van, not the van, not the airplane off the airplane, airplane off the airplane, not this living out of the dirty suitcase. We're going to have a bay. We have more clothes. I am going to have people I love. I have a badass girl band. Like you have no idea. I, one of the girls was in a band called the Somerset. Um, we grew up like watching them going on, seeing them on warp tour. And then we, the other girl is, um, just this amazing, one of the most phenomenal guitarists I've ever seen in my life. Um, straight out of Venezuela. I like had, I like even she had to, it takes a while to do your work visa when you go back home. And I was like writing this, the douchiest letter of recommendation. When I tell you to make myself seem like I was straight up Taylor Swift. And I was like, she needs to get back here. Like you need to like expedite this. She wants to, we were going on a world tour and everything's at stake. And I'm like, just completely over fluffing myself to make it seem like the Venezuelan government needs to bring her back. And they did. <laughs> we it got works. her back here. Yeah. She's back. <laughs> so Yeah. It's very cool. <laughs> so you're in the rehearsals is that what you guys are doing right now not yet we're well yeah we have rehearsals for the iHeartRadio awards this weekend and then um the next rehearsals for we have bamboozle which is crazy bamboozle bottle rock is a big one and a couple of shows here and there before the tour starts so different rehearsals different things hell of Woo! a year Oh God. <laughs> Acid reflux is already happening. Just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I can't congratulate you enough. I mean, I guess I can, I can keep congratulating you Thank and you. complimenting you. you. The music is so fun. And I think the message is putting out is so great. So congrats on everything. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. Thank you for letting me ramble. I appreciate it. I'm like waiting for the day. There's one clip because I talk so much where it's like, that's the clip. That's her uh, Josh Safty clip. <laughs> like, whatever that is. Anyway, thank you for taking the time uh, to interview me. I love your the rest of your lineup. So I'm like out here. I fangirled a little bit this morning and uh, I'm sure we'll hang in Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Next time I'm there, we can grab pizza or something like that. So, and, and tell your 15 year old that he's a cool kid and uh, he needs a prom date. I never went to prom. I could, I could sub in. So I'll let him know. I'll let him know. <laughs> we can dress in full emo. We can open up the pit. Like, yeah, maybe he doesn't want me as a prom date. <laughs> and my thanks to Jax. The, uh, the latest single is called Cinderella Stamped. Thanks to you for checking out the episode. And again, please do hit that subscribe button before you get out. I'll give you three brand new interviews every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists. And discover the new ones at iTunes, Apple Podcast, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. So I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also catch me on the social media spots. That's uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Consequence Podcast Network. We have a bunch of men here, like just tiptoeing around now because of a Zoom meeting. <laughs> it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.